0: Welcome back to Inside the Labyrinth Podcast, Season 4, Episode 4. This is one of your co-hosts, Frank, from Retro Responders. A quick shout-out to our sponsors for this episode, Valor Supplements and No Matter What Apparel. Both companies are owned by first responders, so let's give back to first responders that give back to us. Visit www.nomatterwhatapparel.com and use the code inside the Lab in all caps for 10% off your purchase visit www.valorsupplements.net and use the code RFR20 in caps for 10% off your total purchase again thank you to our sponsors in this episode we had John Grodd from Obese to Beast a successful podcaster YouTuber and entrepreneur all we can say is wow From being 360 pounds and starting his weight loss journey, he has helped thousands of people across the world. We hope you guys enjoy this episode, and we are halfway through this season again. For myself and my co-host Jay at The Real Jump Man, Jay, we thank you and never be afraid to reach out to us. You are not alone. Have a great day, everybody.
1: And we're live. Another journey in the labyrinth today jay season yeah, four so. episode three last episode we had elliot holst so make sure you guys check that out that was uh that was something else man a, a different uh different way i look at things in life so if you guys missed uh don't miss that one and uh personally from from me jay uh to you i just want to thank you for you know traveling through and you know having these great guests come on and uh Learning from the best and being by my side. So I appreciate you, brother.
2: Hey, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, for inviting me into the uh, the labyrinth. Um, like, if we didn't have that conversation and you didn't, you know, ask me to be a part of the process, then we wouldn't be sitting here. So I just want to be, um, just want to give thanks for that. I am very stoked for today because um, this man has helped me out um, on my all my personal journey, um, and I found him through a friend of mine. Uh oh, you're
1: breaking up there, Jay. Are you muted? I can't, we can't hear you. Keep it going.
3: <laughs> the struggle, man.
1: John is like, oh, what the?
3: <laughs> no, no, I know how this is.
1: Can't hear you. Yeah, for for all our listeners out there, Jay is uh going through working changes in his in his offices and his building, so uh, he switched rooms and uh, he switched to the new room for it to work and it was working and all of a sudden it was just boom, so. Let's see, I think he's going to switch rooms, so uh, we'll- uh, Can you hear me now? There we go. He's back.
2: Yeah, I just think it's the, um, it's my, my earbuds seems to be the problem.
1: Well, we're still here. All we're, right. still, um, we're, we're still doing this. So keep, keep going, man. You're saying something <laughs> good.
2: All right. Does it sound better now? Yes, sir. You. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, no, I said our guest, uh, basically I, I started following him to a friend. He had, um. He had my boy Dex on a podcast and I started following his journey and I thought this guy was really interesting. And um I ended up putting up a video and he ended up uh, I guess he saw it through somebody else had reposted it. And uh he and I got in contact and we had a great conversation. So um we have, we've had a pretty good friendship since then. So I said, hey, you know I got a little podcast going on with my boy. Why not bring him on? So um I'm just very excited that he, he's, uh, you know, took time out of his schedule to to be on our podcast. So, um, Frankie you usually do the intro. Um, I'm gonna do the intro today because it's my boy. Take it from here. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is my boy, oh, beast to beast on Instagram, John Glod. How's it going, my brother?
3: It's going good, man. Thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it. And thanks for all the all the kind Any- words. I, I, you probably shouldn't lie on your podcast, but it's fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nah, it's no lies, man. All facts, man. Um, you're a great dude. Your journey is pretty awesome. Um, I know a lot of people that uh, that follow you in the CrossFit community. So, um, you know, I'm a big CrossFitter. And uh, I, I felt like it was only right. Like, you know, Frankie gets his guest in, you know, the strong man and the, the power lifter. So every now and again, I get to slide in a guy or two that I like. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely thought you were thing And I said, yo, know, my boy's got to get on the show and got to speak his... Uh, you know his journey so usually we start um with high school but first before we even get into the high school um situation where you like where were you born like where'd you grow up and then we can get into the high school aspect
3: yeah so i'm born and raised in san diego california um more more particularly east county of san diego um okay yeah i've i've lived here my whole life this is this is what i know um I mean, I can go more in depth if you want me to, as far as like childhood stuff, but
2: yeah,
3: yeah. so, so for me, uh, growing up, (laughs) uh, I was, I grew up in like a, you know, like a broken home, you know, like many of us do nowadays. Uh, and my, so my parents were actually like drug addicts and, uh, we, me and my other two siblings, I actually have a lot of siblings, but me and my two siblings that actually grew up together, full siblings. Um, we actually ended up getting taken away from my mom and my dad when we were really young, when I was, okay. like, I I was like three or something. Um, but then after about a year we were put back with them. Uh, but you know, growing up luck and my mom got clean and she stayed clean ever since then. So she's like a, a CPS, like, which is child's protective services. Like she's like success story, which is um, doesn't happen often. So I'm very, very lucky for that. Like that's a huge thing that, that happened in my life. Um, yeah. But you know, growing up, obviously with all of that stuff in the background, we didn't have much money. Um, and so we were pretty, uh, you know, low income, you know, government housing, food stamps, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, growing up, I mean, so I, as you introduced me, you know, my my screen name on online is obese to Bees. so obviously, you know, I I became obese at some point, right. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of growing up, I, I was always kind of gaining weight uh, all throughout my life. And uh, for me, like, weight gain just became, like, the normal thing. Like, every year that went by, like, uh, you know, I, when I think about, like, going back to school shopping, it was always a bigger shirt size, a bigger waist size, always stuff wow. like that, right? And uh, and so I just, like, you know, continued gaining weight from, you know, fr- basically from when I was, like, seven up until I was 20 was when I was at my my highest weight. But I know you said you wanted to talk about, like, high school and stuff, so we can go into that if you want.
2: Okay. What was your highest weight?
3: So my highest weight um, that, I, that I always say is 360, 360 pounds. Um, okay. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit more than that. I just, 360 is the biggest number I saw.
2: All right. So let's just give people like a um, a visual. So you're 360 pounds. How, like how tall are you?
3: Yeah. So I'm 5'8". So I'm not the tallest in the world.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, a decent sized human being. Yeah. Um, now, at your biggest, did you have any kind of like health complications or anything like that? Was there any like, um, you know, sleep apnea, anything like that?
3: So nothing that was like diagnosed because I was oh. terrified to go to the doctors. But like a couple things that I dealt with at my heaviest was one, one of the biggest things was I was like at 20, at 20 years old, I was legitimately terrified of my, my own death. Like I was always thinking about um, like dying and who knows, who knows how, like how founded those thoughts were. It might've just been my own mind, like, you know, making me stressed out because that's, I struggle with like anxiety and stuff like that. So, but I remember being 20, like literally being afraid to like be home alone because I was like, man, if I have a heart attack, who's going to be here? You know, just yeah. like little things like that. Right. Right. But so, like, as far as health, health concerns, I was never, like, diagnosed with anything. I remember when I was in 10th grade, um, so I was, like, 15 because I graduated when I was 17. Um, they, okay. I went to the doctors. My mom forced me to go. And they basically told me there. I mean, it was a whole thing. But they basically told me that I was, like, pre, pre-diabetic. And in okay. my head, I was like, oh, cool. I'm killing it. I'm fine. And basically what they said, like, if you continue down this road, you're going to be diabetic. And I was like, well, I'm not diabetic yet. And I just remember, like, there was no fear. Like, there was no, like, that didn't scare me. Which is, if I heard that news now, that I actually care, I would be be mortified, you know? And so, I... But so when I was at my heaviest, like, the things that I dealt with were I had, like, really bad, um, like, the, the skin on my elbows and my knees were very, very uh, rough and, like, rough to the touch to the point where they were so dry that sometimes they would crack and I would be bleeding. And they were, like, like super dark. Um, okay. I had, like, really uh, dark circles under my eyes. And this is one thing that leads me to believe I might have been either pre-diabetic or actually diabetic at my heaviest because my feet were starting to scab really bad. And so, um, like my, you know, and even my, my fingers weren't like scabbing, but they were very dry. Like my knuckles and my, like all like my knuckles were super dry and again, like super dark. Um, but so I remember that was kind of, I I was never diagnosed with anything, but that's because I was too afraid to go to the doctors, which is a, a pretty normal thing for people that are really, really overweight because It's not it's not a fun thing to go to the doctors, um, which is that's something I talk a lot about is trying to improve the experience of people that are bigger at the doctor. So they're not as intimidated to go because it's important to go, you know,
2: nobody likes to go to the doctor. I know that for a fact. Yeah, (laughs) you'd be healthy and they'll walk in and tell you, you know, like, you know, when I say healthy, you know, like the the um, the cookie cut version of what people believe is healthy. Like if you walk around, you have like muscles and abs. Right. And then you go to the doctor and they tell you, hey, you have, you know, stage three something, you know, like mm-hmm. it yeah. doesn't matter if you're healthy or not. I think it going to the doctor is just a, a scary experience um, in itself. But you, you mentioned I'm going to double back a little bit. You mentioned that like you didn't care. Um, mm-hmm. Why was it that you didn't care? Because obviously, I mean, you're more health aware now. Yeah. But like a reason why you just didn't get you know like you didn't care.
3: Yeah, for me like growing up like I said I I had just kind of gotten used to gaining weight my entire life. And so it felt like it I I you I used to always say like jokingly um now looking back I'm like man that's kind of sad, but jokingly I would joke like oh I don't have a metabolism or my metabolism is broken or stuff like that. So I just I I felt like I was a lost cause, you know. Uh and I felt like man, it's not like I'm doing anything that's causing me to be this size. It's, it's just happening to me. You know, my friends are eating McDonald's with me. Uh, What I failed to realize was that I was eating three times, maybe four times as much as they were. You know, I was just seeing they're eating the same types of food as me, Um, which yes, they were, but they weren't like, for me a normal McDonald's order was two McDoubles, two McChickens, a large fry and a large soda. Uh, And sometimes chicken nuggets. So like- they would eat one McDouble and maybe a five piece of chicken nuggets, you know? And so it's like things like that, where I just, I, I genuinely felt like there was nothing I could do. And I was, I was just unlucky with my genetics and I was going to be big for the rest of my life. Got you. So
2: you kind of like normalized it in your mind really yeah. pretty. Yeah. Okay. I got you continue.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where once I hit, so you know, gaining weight, gaining weight, and then I hit 20 years old, and this is kind of what I call my click moment. Now, there was something that happened before it that I, is important that I always talk about. So, I was invited to a wedding of one of my best friends, who okay. that was in that was in Utah, which we ended up driving. So, it was about a 13-hour drive because I live in San Diego. And when one trying to find clothes for that was really terrible, right? Trying to find a 5XL shirt, 56-inch waist, like Oof. that's. Yeah, it's not easy to find those things. So if you are that size, go to Burlington Coat Factory. They always have good deals Um, and they have a (laughs) large selection. But so that's where I found a lot of the stuff. I remember we, you know, we got in the car to drive there. Uh, It was a 13 hour drive the whole time. You know, I'm obviously just drinking soda, eating candy, chips, things like that. And by the time we get there, I go to get out of the car and then I get like kind of dizzy and almost fall back into the car. And everyone kind of notices, like, are you okay? You know, and I've kind of played it off. I was like, yeah, I just haven't drank any water. The elevation here is different. I'm sure I'm fine. But again, like I said earlier, again, my I'm always thinking about my mortality, right? Like, my weight is scaring me. And so mm-hmm. when that happened, I was like, I don't know why this happened. Again, I'm only 20. I don't know why this happened, but that scared me. Like, the whole trip, I was just stressed out. I thought there was something seriously wrong with me. But again, I was too afraid to go to the doctors because I just, I was too afraid. Luckily, yeah. it didn't seem like it was anything super big deal. Uh now that I look back and I know more a really normal thing if you're really, really large and you sit for a long period of time in a car like that, your your the your blood gets all jacked up and like you just it's just not good, right? Without get like I should have gotten up and walked around a little bit more. Uh yeah. but so that whole trip I was super stressed out. But then, you know, we got back and a couple weeks later, we get the pictures from the wedding and I was like, oh man, I, I thought I looked good. <laughs> I was yeah. like really happy with my outfit. And then I saw the pictures and I was just like, okay, yeah, I don't want to see those again. I actually keep one as the, uh, the background on my phone. Okay. Um, and, and so I remember like, again, the shirt that I was wearing a 5XL and it was like, if I sat down, the buttons would pop open cause my gut would open them up, you know? Oh. Oh, okay and so Deep. and so i remember i saw those mortified but it wasn't that wasn't when i changed so it was maybe a few weeks after that i ended up i was uh binge watching miami inc on netflix and this was like right around when netflix started like doing streaming and stuff and so i was like sitting on my couch or on my bed actually watching miami inc and if people don't know what miami inc is it's a show where they kind of um they show people like they they're at a tattoo parlor and people come in and they kind of document, Oh, what's this tattoo about? Why, why are you getting it? Blah, blah, blah. Right. It's a reality TV show uh, from a while ago. And I was binge watching it. Cause I had, I had like these two tattoos for so the ones that are on my forearms and I always yeah. kind of wanted to get more, but I was like, man, I just, I don't want to get a tattoo on my upper arm. It's so big or like any, really anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, every time I would watch it, I'm like, man, it'd be so cool to be able to get tattoos in other places. And then a guy came on the show That had actually lost a lot of weight. And he basically, I don't even exactly remember what he said. He was getting like a hamburger tattoo or something. And he was getting it to commemorate his weight loss. And they asked him, you know, how'd you do it? You know, all the normal things. And he kind of went off what he did. He didn't like do any crazy diet, but he basically was like, I just changed my decisions or something like that. Right and i remember it honestly it doesn't even matter what he said because it was more what was going on in my mind right and so i started to realize that it was decisions that i made that got me to the point that i was at and so it's just decisions that i need to make to no longer be there right and something that i um this was obviously years after the fact but will smith actually did a little talk on his instagram a few years ago now where he talked about fault versus responsibility, and yes. he says just because something isn't your fault, doesn't change the fact that it might be might be your responsibility, right? And so for me, I think in the back of my head, I never would ask, like if someone asked me about my weight, I would never say yeah, it's my mom's fault or it's my family's fault because they, you know, blah blah blah, we're poor, we ate crappy food. But I think in the back of my head, I probably thought that, or at least subconsciously, I thought that. Yeah, consciously. Yeah. And so at that moment, again, I wasn't thinking this because that video that Will Smith made it wasn't until a couple, you know, it was a few years ago, but it, I, I think I finally really took responsibility for um, like, I need to make this change. Like, yes, it's not my fault that I, or maybe, I mean, I think it was my fault, but in the back of my head, maybe I was able to say, maybe it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to make a change if you really do. Right. Because I would, I mean, when all all throughout my childhood growing up, I would have literally I would have dreams about not being as big as I was. Like it was like if someone could grant me a wish, my wish my my wish would have always been I want to not be as big as I am. Gotcha. And so it was like this. It felt like it was like this unicorn that I would never be able to catch. Um, and so, but yeah, so that's kind of, that was my, my click moment. And then, so that day it was funny. I was actually eating, um, a double entree plate of orange chicken and fried rice from Panda Express and mm-hmm. a large, and the large drink and their drinks are really big. Um, and I remember I was like, okay, well I'm going to finish this food cause I don't want to waste anything. Uh, but, and then I, I remember I woke up the next day and like the, the best way I can really describe it is like, I felt like I was like born again. Like I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and I was like, I am going to change. Like this is gonna happen. And so I remember I went to I I went and got a haircut. I I went and I went to Vaughn's, which is a local grocery store here. I bought water and sandwiches because I was like, I don't know what's healthy, but I think sandwiches are better than what I'm eating. And that was that was the start, man. And uh, like as far as how I started, there was no crazy diet that I went on. I've actually never really been a huge – I'm not a huge proponent of going on fad diets, crazy diets. But yes. for me, a um, what I did was what I called the common sense diet. Uh, this was something that I coined after the fact. But I was like, okay, what do I know is unhealthy regardless of, of how much I know about nutrition, right? So it was like, okay, soda, probably not the best idea. That was something I would try and cut out all the time. I would try and cut out soda all throughout – all all the time it's horrible for you yeah it really is and so I would I would I would cut out I cut out soda fast food and junk food and that was I mean that was actually a big part of my diet but it was like I know that these things if I want to lose weight and be quote-unquote healthy these things aren't going to serve that purpose like that's this those things aren't going to help me in that endeavor and so okay I just I obviously need to cut these things out and again I didn't know what I was doing so it's not like I went and ate chicken and broccoli. And I was like, okay, I would, I ate sandwiches. I ate like prepackaged stuff a lot when I was first losing my weight. And that's something that I'm a big proponent of is like, if you have a lot of weight to lose, like you can make small changes and see big results. And I think that that's what a lot of people, a lot of people think they need to go from zero to a hundred when they're trying to lose weight, especially if they're trying to lose a massive amount of weight. Like they have to be like, okay, um, I've been eating like McDonald's every day. Okay, now I'm going to start eating just chicken and broccoli, and maybe some rice. And sometimes they don't even do the rice, right? Because they think carbs are bad. Um, yeah. And it's like, I j- it's just not necessary to to go from from that ex- from one extreme to the other extreme. Because a lot of times when you do that, the uh, you end up falling off because it's just too much, you yeah. know. And so that's kind of that's that was the start of my journey and kind of how i got started doing all the stuff that I.
2: cut oh, out the, the fast food right were there any like cravings did you like go through because i know like sometimes when you cut out something that was a staple in your diet like that mm-hmm. like i know you had to been feeding for like a mcdouble or a mcchicken yeah
3: McChicken. i would that's a good question man and like i I certainly did. I will say, I mean, it's been a while, right? So it's hard to really put myself back in exactly how I felt day to day at that time. But I just like the best way to describe it was like, yes, I had cravings, but like, as Jesus, it sounds like the craving to like be healthy was just stronger for me at that yeah. time. Finally to be like, I don't care how much I want that thing because it was like, I don't like, that's not what's best for me right now. Okay. And so I think that that's that's how I was able to kind of push through because I never really dealt with any super big setbacks as far as like slipping up and gaining fifty pounds and then having to lose it again. Like I never really dealt with any of that, and I'm I'm very happy that I dealt that I didn't have to deal with that because it's it's a very normal thing for people that lose a lot of weight. But luckily yeah. for me, I was able to to avoid that.
2: Yeah, because I, I mean I I know from just I have a few friends that were always had issues with, um, quote unquote, dieting, because they would always revert back. And like you said, you were saying before, like, you know, just keeping it very simple, like that common sense diet makes a lot of sense, because I think a lot of people go from one extreme to the other. And there's no middle, there's no middle ground. So it's either like, you're, you know, super high or super low. Mm -hmm. But if you go and do it in like, like, I always say, this a gradual process, it makes the transition that much more easier. Mm -hmm. So, One question I have is like, so your high school career, was it like, so obviously you were overweight in high school. Did you get teased? Did you have like any kind of issues with people making fun of you for your weight? Like, just go through that with us real quick.
3: So I was really lucky that I didn't deal with much teasing in high school from others because I teased myself. So I would, I would deflect, I would make it so people couldn't make fun of me. I mean, they certainly could if they wanted to, but they didn't need to because I was already making fun of myself. So I made myself the... The butt of a lot of jokes which it served me but it also didn't so at the time it made it so i wasn't a target which was very nice because it is it sucks getting bullied like it sucks right but when you're constantly putting yourself down and constantly making your like making jokes that you're like you're garbage or you're disgusting or whatever like eventually Mm -hmm. it starts to become part of who you are like it becomes like part of your subconscious right and so i It was, it was good, but it was also bad because it definitely made me think negatively about myself. Like the, the only, the only time that I can really think about getting like seriously, like bullied to a point where it was like, man, that was messed up was I was actually trying out for the football team at my school. And I had been, I had played like flag football growing up. I never played Pop Warner because one, we couldn't afford it. And two, I was actually over the weight limit for the kids. Um, so when I got into high school, I was like super excited because I, I literally got like MVP of, of our flag football team. And I was literally the center and I was a defensive lineman. Like, but I just really always try, I tried really hard. Like my nickname in, in like in flag football was Rhino, because I just like always went for it no matter what. Right. And so <laughs> I, uh, I was like super excited to play, to play football in high school. And I went to the tryouts and the first thing they did was a uh, one lap around the About around the track you know it's 400 meters nothing crazy um but i couldn't run 400 meters um and so but the way that they did it was basically the linemen were at the front and then the uh like receivers and and like the smaller basically the the faster kids were at the back and so they would try and make it to where they'd push you and like actually push for the lap and so obviously one i couldn't run the whole thing and two everyone passed me up no one was super mean to me or anything like that during that point. Like there was actually like one of the captains like went back and like, was like, come on, man, you can do it. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, And then we, we did drills outside. And so I did okay with those. I slipped a few times, you know, I didn't have cleats or anything like that. Uh, But then we went into the weight room and I had never lifted ever in my entire life. And um, I remember we were at the squat rack and they had like, I think they had 135 on the bar. I don't remember exactly. And yeah. again, I had never squatted. I don't think we even warmed up with the bar or anything. And they were like, okay, squat this. And so, you know, I have the freaking bar on my neck. Like it hurts. I don't, I, I try and squat. I can't do it. And yeah. the, uh, one of the guys, one of the older dudes was like, man, you're the biggest dude here and you can't even squat that. Like, what are you even good for? Right. And I was like a freshman. I was super nervous already and uh it just like that like crushed me so I ended up like walking up to the coaches making up a lie that my mom needed me and left and never played football again uh Aww. so that's like one of that's like one of my biggest uh regrets but at the same time like all of those things led me to where I am now so it it is what it is um but but yeah like I think like honestly that because that happened like the beginning of like that was like over summer break from eighth grade to ninth grade, right? So it was I hadn't even started high school yet. High school, yeah. And so I was like, I think from that point on, I kind of was like, I don't want that to happen again. So I need to be funny and like avoid, you know, I need to make fun of myself first, basically. Okay. Um, and so yeah, going going throughout high school, like I really didn't get I was actually I don't wanna say I was like popular, but I I wasn't not popular. Like I, I played drums. I was in a band. We would play sometimes at like lunch for the, for the, for the school. Um, I had, I actually oh, ended up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I ended up getting a nickname in high school called it was cupcake. Uh, and these, this was another thing, like kids were trying to be mean to me, but I was like, no, no, no. I like that. So I flipped it. And I like, It was it was like cupcake was who I was in high school. Like if you if anyone knew me, they knew me as cupcake. And friends were like,
2: "Yo, bro, call cupcake to come through this party because that's how they would refer to you."
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So (laughs) so I um I remember like literally, dude. Like through when I graduated, they they said John David Cupcake Glod. Like it was. (laughs) like that's who I was. Right. So I actually have a cupcake tattoo on my calf.
2: That's dope. Um,
3: and it says like rest in peace under it because now no one knows me as cupcake anymore, obviously. And it was like, I I don't mean it as like a, I hated that part of myself because it really did help me, but it's, it's no longer who I am anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. So that was kind of high school for me. It was trying to be funny to avoid getting made fun of. And um, luckily I didn't, yeah, I didn't have to deal with too much bullying because I, you know, bullied myself so much.
2: I, I just got to say, I love how you flipped it. I love how you, you took that and you, you owned it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you made it your thing and you put a spin on it. Um, the one thing that I've noticed from you is you're very like optimistic. Um, like just talking to you and, and, and hearing about your journey, you know, you're telling me like, all right, these are the early stages of your life. You were able to take, you know, um, a lot of despair and, and sadness and you kind of flipped it and, you know, you made light of some of this stuff and you were able to not succumb to it, but almost like, uh, you used it to help you thrive a bit, man. So, um, you know, like just the fact that you were able to take a nickname like cupcake and own that shit, bro, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I salute you on that, dude, because I, I, I don't know if I can make a cupcake, like my thing. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like it takes a special type of individual just to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it shows that you have, like, a level of, like, charisma, bro. Because, like, you have to finesse that. Mm-hmm. That ain't easy at all. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you you like you playing the drums, that's all, like, finessing.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: man, like, I tell you this, that is the first time I've heard somebody take something and kind of, you know, make it their own and, and put their own spin on it and, and then, like, kind of, I don't want to say brand yourself, but, like, you know what, if you're going to make fun of me, Nah, yeah, I'm not gonna let you guys do that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna own who I am, but I'm gonna make it cool to be me. And mm-hmm. that's like that's swag in itself, bro. So I salute you on that. Thanks, man. I like, I like that a lot. So let's go, let's go post let's go post high school, right? Did you go to college?
3: Yeah, so I went to I so in high school I was never I actually have like some learning disabilities. So I went to like uh, I was in like certain special ed classes. Um, okay. and, uh, I had what is called an ISP, which is just like, uh, I forget what the acronym stands for, but it's basically just like a, something that helps you a little bit through high school. Um, like for me, I'm a very like visual learner, but like if I, if you try and get me to read something, I'm like, dude, I have no idea what's going on. So gotcha. I like audiobooks and stuff like that a lot more, or like watching YouTube videos is how I learn so much stuff. Um, and so knowing that like graduating was tough for me. And so when I went into, into high school or into college, like I had very little belief that I would do well. And so I, I didn't try very hard. And so I was, I went to, to college for about a year and then I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time off, which was like, I just can't do it, you know? And so then I ended up just kind of, uh, I went, I went to, to college for music. So I was a music, music, music major. Um, but the thing is, is that I have no idea how to read music. Um, I learned to play drums by watching YouTube videos. So I wasn't like trained or anything like that. And You're
2: so. Visual learner.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. I'm, you, I'm,
2: not, you just yeah. literally video and then learn how to, you know, that's, that's genius in itself, man. Don't just yeah. credit yourself, but, but yeah. continue. Go ahead.
3: So, so when I went into, I remember I went into one of the classes, which was music theory 101, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be exciting. And then one of the first things the teachers or the, the professor says was, um, if, if you don't know how to read music, like either learn right now and it's going to be a very big curve for you, or leave. And I was like, at first I was like, no, I can do it. And then I tried for about like a week and I was like, there's absolutely no way. Like, cause it's like, it's like trying to it would be like taking, I don't know, like a Spanish class where it's not the beginner level Spanish. It's like a little bit over and then being like, okay, you need to learn Spanish and then get like, it was just, there was no way, especially for me. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up like, I remember I dropped that class and I just remember that was like a really big uh, like punch in the gut. Cause like, dang, man, I am not ready for this. And so then I kind of just started working like little jobs. Like the first job I got was at the Van shoe store um, and then I started working at Vaughn's and I was working those two jobs together. Um, and then I, that's actually when I started losing weight was when I was working at those places. Okay. Um, and then after that I worked at, I ended up getting full time at Vaughn, So I was able to leave vans. And then after that, I ended up working at a car dealership, which was horrible. I'm not a car salesman at all. Uh, and then after that, I ended up working at, at a shooting range which also the the owner of the shooting range was not a great person, uh, and then after that again like, it? yeah, what? How did I get the job? Honestly, yeah. Craigslist, man. And uh, apparently, like <laughs> that job is always up, which is always a usually a problem, right? And so yeah. you know, it was it was a bad situation, but we don't need to go into that. And then yeah. after. After the shooting range, I ended up getting a job at Starbucks, which I actually really liked working at Starbucks. Um, and I worked there for a while. And then I, as I was working at Starbucks, I actually got a job at 24 Hour Fitness, and I was working those two at the same time. And so I would wake up at like 3 a.m. because I worked at Starbucks from 4 a.m. to either 12 or uh, – 12 or 3, just depended on, sh- on, sh- on the shift. Um, or no, not from 12 to 3. Sorry, from 8 to 12. Um, and then I would, I would have about an hour – And then I would work at 24 hour fitness from whenever to whenever. And then I would usually try and work out afterwards. And so, and that was obviously after I had like lost all the weight and I was, you know, starting to try and like work on my fitness. Um, And then eventually I, once like YouTube started like going crazy and I started actually making money off of YouTube, I was able to leave first. I left 24 hour fitness because I actually wasn't a fan of working there. Um, As you can see, I'm not the best employee. (laughs) I like working for myself, I think um and so i and then i ended up after a while i was able to leave starbucks which was actually really difficult for me because i really liked working there um but yeah that's kind of my history of jobs i guess so
2: so at 24 hour fitness right you're doing what bodybuilding style workouts like chest try shoulders, buys that type of stuff Mm -hmm. all right so i need to know when that segue from like doing traditional bodybuilding came into the crossfit realm Mm -hmm. So, so for
3: me uh, like I think for most people, not everyone, but for most people, when they first get into working out, it's kind of like bodybuilding, you know, uh, push day, pull day, leg day kind of things. And so for me, that was kind of it. Like I just, I went to 24 hour fitness and I did the machines was basically how it first started. I had a friend of mine that would, he would actually drive me there cause I didn't have a car. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we would work out together. It was my best friend, Nolan. We've known each other since we were kids. And he was always like, really like whenever I try to lose weight, he was always like, yeah, sweet, let's do it. Um, and so we started doing that. We were working out and eventually I actually found on Instagram, this guy who, who he actually made YouTube videos and he was like a bodybuilder. Right. And, uh, his name is Brian and he ended up like, we kind of like linked up. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, look at my transformation. And he's like, Oh, that's awesome, man. Like we should like work out basically. And so we ended up working out cause he lived really close to me and through him, he actually taught me a lot of like the like, okay, this is what an actual pull day is, what an actual push day is. This is what you should do. On top of me watching a lot of YouTube videos, of course, right? And yeah. so we started working out. And then eventually, I mean, this is, like, kind of going through the years. But eventually, we decided that we were going to do a men's physique show together, right? And, and also his brother.
2: That too, but go ahead.
3: Yeah. So we ended up, uh, like, obviously, I started training for that. And I did, like, a whole bulk and cut thing. Um, and so, you know, I bulked up. To, I think it was like 210, which I actually make way more than that now, but I just I think I have like more muscle. Um, but for me, that was a pretty big size. <laughs> and then I cut down for the show, did the men's physique show, you know, got like half naked on stage and um, did that and all, huh? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. I had, <laughs> had the fake tan and I looked like I don't know, like a bronze not statue because I definitely look like a statue, but just a bronze human. Um, and but yeah, so after that. I remember I was just kind of sick of just doing like bodybuilding stuff and especially okay. like the dieting and stuff like that. Yeah. And on top of that, I was like, there's no way I can sustain this type of diet and uh, like be successful because it was really, really restrictive. I was eating super low calories from, for me, I was eating like 2,100 calories, which is pretty low for me. um and to get as lean as i was and plus that i was doing like you know 40 minutes to an hour of cardio on the stairs every day too you know and so it was just i just i enjoyed it but i was like i don't think i can see myself doing this forever Mm -hmm. and at that time so my brother actually went to my physique show and there was also this girl that went there that followed my youtube channel And she came up to me and my friends and was like, Hey, you know, I watch your channel and stuff. And my brother was like, Oh, she's cute. Right. And so long story short, they got married, (laughs) Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so, but so Sam, who is my sister-in-law, she kind of did CrossFit already. Like she was kind of doing it at a, at a little gym. And so Jean was like, Oh, I'm going to, he like messaged her, you know, slid into the DMs. They started talking and he was actually kind of interested in doing that type of training because my brother himself has lost like 30 to 40 pounds, like through doing like just diet and bodybuilding style workouts, but he never, never really liked it. Like I liked it. He just didn't. He did it because he felt like he had to. And then he found CrossFit and he started working out with her and he was like, I could tell that he really, really liked it. And for me, I was I was like seeing how, how much he enjoyed it, and I was like, oh, you know, that sounds like it could be interesting. You know, it'd be fun to try that out. Um, and then he had me watch the documentaries, and uh, and then before I even went into my first class, I bought a pair of metcons, and uh, you know, the rest is history. So it was more just because like I wanted to find something that was less focused only on how you look, right? So it's more focused on how you um, perform, and. Yeah. I, I think I, I just really like that and I think for me another thing that was a really big part was because I had never I had never really pushed my body ever or yeah. like been functional at all and so for me like I was able to actually like, do a box jump. I remember the first time I did a 24 inch box jump, I was like terrified. And then in the work, I did like 40 of them, you know? And then like, I, I would see people doing muscle ups and in my head, I was like, yeah, there's no way I'll be able to do that. Or like handstand walks or like handstand pushups. And I was just like, yeah, there's no way. And now I can do those things, you know? So I think that that's part of why it's so fun. And then on top of that, it's just, it's always different. There's, you get to work out with other people. Like my, my office where I'm at right now is inside of the gym that I go to. Um, you know, I rent out this space. And so it's just it's the community is so different than just going to, you know, 24 hour fitness and getting a workout in, which I still do, and I don't well, not right now because of everything, but like I still like doing that, but it's just a completely different like vibe than this is.
2: Yeah, okay. So so you pretty pretty much fell into it because um change of pace you you didn't hate bodybuilding but you wanted to do something different And different and then you kind of fell in love with being functional mm-hmm. and i remember during our conversation during our um when when you had me on your show uh you know you you thought you could go to regionals <laughs> so like yeah. make regional region uh, on you know on the team level not as an individual on the team level
3: so, <laughs> yeah I, me and my boy, brother
2: him huh you you were uh you know just go through like um like, what would your training sessions look like? I mean, at the time when you thought that you you could potentially be a regional level athlete, like, what kind of workouts were you doing? Were you following a specific program? Like, <laughs> what was that
3: looking like? Oh, dude, that, that dream got shut down real quick. So, like, <laughs> I, I started, I mean, I, for the first, like, good amount of time when I was doing CrossFit, I just did the CrossFit classes. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just go to the class, and then that was it. You know, maybe, like, I remember the first class I did had double-unders in it. Obviously, I could not do double-unders at all. Um, And so I ended up, like, I remember after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to practice. I'm going to get double-unders. And so I remember I, like, for, like, a few months after that, I would do double-unders every day after class, which I don't recommend doing. (laughs) But, like, for me, it was like, I need to learn how to do these. Uh, And so, honestly, like, it really wasn't that, like – that dream was, I wouldn't say it was crushed, but it was like, I was brought down to reality pretty quick. And so for me, like at the start, I remember I was saying, saying to the coach of the gym, the first gym that I went to, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll probably come in like two times a week, maybe just do this for fun. And that did not happen. It was like, I, right from the start, I was like, okay, I'm coming here every day, basically. And so for me, luckily, because at that time I had already become full-time YouTube, like that's what I did. And so I had, I had, you know, free time. And so I basically would do like bodybuilding stuff in the morning, and then I would do CrossFit in the evening. And that was pretty much what I did almost from the start when I started CrossFit. Again, not recommending this to anybody, um, but it was just, I had the time and I was like super addicted to it. And so I started kind of doing two days from this, like from the start. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I did that for years, like honestly for years. And then uh, last year or 2018, actually, um, I ended up running a marathon. And so that was, or no, I think it might've been last year. I don't remember now, but it, I ran them. So I remember I like, I, I got kind of, I don't want to say bored, but I, I wanted a new challenge. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this marathon and so I started training for a marathon and then this year I was supposed to do a triathlon, but then everything got closed. So, um, pretty soon, hopefully I'm going to start training for the triathlon again. So I just kind of like, like always CrossFit is always there, but yeah. I, I like, well, sometimes like it, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to put bodybuilding. I don't even like calling it bodybuilding, but just like hypertrophy training on the back burner right now, I'm going to focus on this. And that's kind of what I do. I just go through cycles.
2: So, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. um, so with the with this um, with the triathlon, are you gonna do a full triathlon, or are you gonna do a sprint?
3: Uh, so i gonna do the. I want to do the Olympic distance. So there's like okay. three. There's four. There's most of the time there's four different uh, lengths. So there's the sprint, and I don't know yeah. all the distances of everything. But the sprint ends with the 5K run. Yeah. Um. The uh the full or the Olympic distance ends with the 10K, and then there's the half Ironman, which ends with a uh half marathon at the end. And then there's the Ironman, which ends with a marathon at the end. I don't know all the n- other numbers, but I want to just do the, the full Olympic distance one, which will still be a challenge for me. You know, it'll probably take me between four to six hours. I don't know exactly yet. Cause again, I haven't even really, like I have a bike, I've been riding it, I've been running, but I can't really go swimming anywhere right now. Um, but I think that'll be like a, you know, a fun challenge. Hopefully I'll do better than I did in the, uh, cause <laughs> for my, for my marathon, man, I literally trained for like seven weeks and it was just not good. <laughs> yeah. It was not It was uh, not good. A triathlon, the, the
2: only thing that scares me is the water, man. I mean, uh,
3: me too, man. Trust me.
2: Yeah. Like you got to get out there. You actually got to hit open water and swim. And like, you're not even dipping your toe, man. You're like, you're yeah. like, all right. You, most people will be like, all right, I'm going to do a sprint. And then they're going to eh, maybe eat. Yeah down the line and do Mm -hmm. a longer one you're like nah I want to go Olympic distance you know right off the bat and 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 just get after it so um I mean I'm looking to do a triathlon as well I was swimming this summer but I like it was sparingly because of COVID but yeah I just bought a really cool bike I have a Bianchi and I'm, I'm like trying to you know get get after it but the biking to me isn't the problem the running isn't the problem it's the swimming yeah yeah definitely terrified of open water swim i'm not a navy seal i'm not special forces Mm -hmm. so you know the problem is people swimming over me is what's scary you know you have a thousand you know there's a hundred people in the water with you right and they're they're jockeying for position so you may catch a heel to the eye
3: yeah yeah.
2: and i've seen people tug on human beings as they're swimming so um, so
3: so my plan and like i'm 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 a competitive person but I, i understand my limits so I'm not gonna try and be competitive at this triathlon. I just wanna do it. You wanna and so do for it. me, I'm gonna let people go and then I'll go. <laughs> I'm like, you guys go and then I'll start my swim. it's fine. I'll wait, I'll wait the 30 seconds so I'm not getting trampled. It's fine with me.
2: All right, yeah, yeah. It makes more sense. Iron,
1: <laughs> Iron John Iron John over here, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been I've been I've been a little quiet. Uh but I I'm hooked up here. First of all, I gotta say I love it. I, I love how you took, uh, and first, I condemn you on being so open about, um, you know, the addiction household that you grew up in. Um, you know, my, myself, I, I'm an AA, and my father is also an AA, is alcoholic, so I, I understand uh, that part of the struggle. Um, and how you took full responsibility, because we always talk about taking full responsibility for your actions, as in mm-hmm. your thought process and your thoughts. And kind of when you broke that barrier, when you were able to realize that you were in control of this whole entire film, you're able, John was able to sit in the chair and look at the screen and see, okay, play rewind. I've been doing this, you know, thinking like this, that kind of made me who I am. It's a false narrative. It's a false belief in in John's head that Mm -hmm. he believed. And once you were able to break that, it's probably one of the most powerful things in the world. And just a few questions for you. Um, cuz i'm looking at you now how much did you weigh i guess in high school compared to what you're at now
3: in high school i probably my highest weight was probably around you know 3 310 320 maybe um, and then i i mean that like i went from probably like you know 260s maybe a little bit higher you know 4 years got to 3 you know 310 320 i don't know exactly honestly cuz especially in high school your boy was not weighing himself <laughs> i'm not stepping and what are back. you at now nope uh now i weigh about like two 210 pounds yo me and you weighed the same
2: incredible. Incredible. yeah man
3: we're both like freaking incredible. jacked man
2: Yeah, we're 20, bro. No, i mean yeah. of course but you know mirror, almost- <laughs> brother
1: but before that the the mindset this this is what I'm, I'm really interested in john is before um when you had the wedding uh you were 20 and how do you now
3: 27
1: okay I'm 28 so, so we're, we're the same age um that wedding and everything and then you said you know you're going through all these jobs and everything and you left college so you're probably you know you're jumping from one job to another trying to really figure out who you are but what was that first maybe month like of just getting started as in you know, I'm just going to go out there. I mean, was it the high or did you just start kind of walking, running, doing type of things? Because a lot of people that don't know what the hell they're doing and they're by themselves kind of, that's when it's, they don't have that extra push, you know? So kind of like, you know, cause you you said you're from Starbucks at 24, but it's like, how'd you even get to 24 hour? Do you know what I mean? Like what was before the 24 hour? What was that like? And the meal plan, like to stay consistent, to be able to, feel field and you're going through a lot of life changes you're switching jobs you know you're trying to find out who you are so i think that's a that's a really powerful and big aspect because a lot of people get stuck there and then they might mm-hmm. quit that job and not even get another job and they just get stuck with their thoughts that are one of the most powerful things in this world
3: yeah so that's a great question like when i first started uh i didn't work out at all and i i I honestly, I tell people like, this is a, a thing that I say to, to a lot of people. I get messages literally every single day of like, I want to, I want to lose weight. What's the best workout. And I tell people, remember weight loss happens in the kitchen. Fitness happens in the gym. Like, do I think they both complement each other very well? Yes, absolutely. Like if you can work out or if you can move, absolutely do that. But if you're at a size that you are literally like you, you cannot, you can't run. Like you like can't, right? Or if you did, it would be not a good idea. Or you can't afford a gym membership or you can't like, it's not necessary, right? Because I, I mean, I, I deal with a lot of people that are trying to lose a lot of weight, right? Their weight is le- like legitimately hindering their lives. Yes. So like, I think it's really important for people to understand how much more important your diet and what you're eating is to your overall health than your fitness regimen right i think fitness is an added thing that absolutely again if you can do it you should do it 100 percent i believe that um but so for me it was like i said it was like the common sense diet at the start and uh i really wasn't like worried. And I, I, honestly, it was like a blessing in disguise because like the reason I didn't go to the gym, I wanted to, because I felt like I had to, but I just couldn't afford it. Like I literally couldn't afford it. And so I was yeah. like, okay, well I might as well, I'll just ch- try to change how I eat because I was, I was like everyone else in the past when I would try and lose weight, I would try and like eat better, but then I would go to the gym and like really push hard. You know, for me, pushing hard at the time was, like, a, an hour on the elliptical or something, right? But then after I would finish, I'm like, man, I worked so hard. I'm going to go get a burrito now, you know? And it's just like, man, you just don't know what you're doing. Um, yeah. And so for me, it, the first, like, you know, probably 60 pounds were lost, maybe even more, without any sort of, like, fitness regimen going on at all. Um, and then, like, the reason I started uh, working out was because I got the job, where like i got a job where i had a little bit more money um and obviously like i was very like there was a lot of things i was very lucky i was still living at home so i didn't have to pay a bunch of rent so i could afford to get the gym membership you know like there were a lot of little things that kind of added up to me being able to like honestly like make my health my number one priority not making money which i was that's a that was a very lucky thing that i had right a lot of people when they're trying to lose weight like their health might be important to them but they're like i i literally have to provide for my family i have to do this i have to do that and for me i was really lucky that that wasn't one of the things that i struggled with but i don't i don't want to say that and make people that maybe do have to worry about providing for the family or do have to worry about xyz thing like you can still do it because trust me i talk to people every day that have you know but it just wasn't one of the things that i had to deal with you know
1: gotcha right yeah I'm happy you brought that up about the uh, the food thing and the, the whole diet and nutrition because what you're when you're doing in the gym right essentially you're just breaking down your muscles you're stressing mm-hmm. them out what happens the rest of the twenty two hours when you sleep when you eat that's the main that's where you see the ma- that's what the magic happens you know yeah, it's like oh true. what kind of pill do I need what what what, uh, uh, yeah, what kind of supplements do I need no uh, your sleep is the most powerful supplement you can consistently for for months at an end and people don't understand that it's really sleep diet and then the working out part Mm. because just if you think about it you're in the let's say you're in the gym two hours and that's could be a long that's pretty long for a lot of people Mm. you know an hour then you look at the rest of the 23 hours what are you doing and like you said you know i worked so hard and that's that mindset where you have to over where you had to overcome um and god bless you for doing it man because you're helping so many other people that all right i just worked out hard let me get that that quick you know, that quick dopamine, that quick, that high that makes you feel good, even, you know, even the highs of food, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like, wait, I have to catch that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, that's living in the moment, man, and being grounded and, uh, you know, being, being, res- being responsible, you know, and that, you know, just, it, it, just because you're an addict to alcohol or to drugs, narcotics, you can be addicted to food, which is mm-hmm. a huge, huge, uh, it, It's it's big out there, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up about, you know, and your mindset as in, if you can't even run a mile, what happens to you, you feel down, you feel depressed, you feel like you can't, you know, you're not up to par with everybody else. So just taking those small little steps and I'm a big advocate on, all right, people want to jump into a meal plan that's let's say they're really overweight or they're not comfortable with their body and change everything. No, I don't know if you can agree with me on this, John, but it's like, let's get your breakfast down first. All right. You're consistent with breakfast. Let's do lunch. Let's do dinner. And then let's do, let's do little snacks. A lot of change at once is going to add a lot of, I I think, increased failure and more stress and anxiety, and then kind of get turned off by the whole process. I don't know if you can agree with me on that.
3: No, it's, it's, it's small changes are always, I think are always going to be better than a huge overhaul. But the thing is, is that small changes aren't sexy a huge overall is right. If you're able to be like, yeah, I'm completely doing something way different than I was last week. It's like, wow, that's yeah. so cool. But like, if you're just like, yeah, I'm eating a little bit less People are like really, that's it. That's all you're doing. But that's all you need to do at the start, at least, you know?
2: Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I have a little question here too. Um, a lot of our listeners are going to, you know, look you up, right. And they're going to see like, you're this big YouTube guy, right. <laughs> So explain the YouTube journey, right, and and how you're able to kind of get a little bit more financial freedom, where you can kind of leave the two jobs that you were at and kind of do that full time and really dedicate yourself to your craft. Because um, uh, like I said, when I started to follow you, you you know you I noticed that you were already established. You were this huge YouTuber, and that that this was like a staple for you. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, walk us through that real quick.
3: Yeah, so YouTube for me, I mean, I started, honestly, like I started my Instagram first because I felt bad that I was posting so much like weight loss stuff on my regular Instagram. So it was like, let's make an Instagram that's just about weight loss. Um, so that's when obese beast was born. And then from there, I, I had watched YouTube my entire, like not my entire life, obviously, but like for a really long time, I learned how to play drums watching YouTube. I learned how to like nutrition. I learned how to lose weight watching YouTube. And so I was like, you know, I think it'd be cool to make videos. Like I, I didn't see many videos of people that were actually overweight trying to help people lose weight. It was always other people that were always fit. Right. And so I, I decided to, to start a YouTube channel. My friend Brian that I talked about earlier really helped me at the start. And there was a couple of videos that I really wanted to do at the very start. So there was like full day of eating videos so I could show people what my diet was. Um, there was like the regular transformation video that was popular back then. And then there was a, a video that I wanted to make about my loose skin. Because when you lose the amount of weight that I lose, you get loose skin. And that, that was a question I would get literally every day. Yeah. So I, I remember I went and I, um, after, you know, I had been doing the YouTube thing for a while and then I was like, okay, I wanna make this loose skin video. And so the video is called My Biggest Insecurity Loose Skin. And I, you know, I filmed the video, taking my shirt off, take showing my legs and everything. And that, so that video went viral. And yeah. so that, that video, like that video completely changed my life because I went from like 3,000 subscribers to like 30,000 subscribers, like really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I ended up like it, it, the more than that though, it got picked up by like every news outlet you can think of. It was literally everywhere. And then I eventually, the Ellen show hit me up and I went on the Ellen show and, um, that obviously made it a lot more hype and like so all of that stuff kind of helped me um, be able to like it's not like right away I was like okay I'm done but like after you know six months or whatever it was I was able to actually like I was like oh I'm actually making some money off of this and when I first stopped I probably did it a little early but I was like I wanna like I, I as I said like I wasn't the best employee like I, I definitely do better being able to work on my own terms and like do my own thing which gotcha. you know if you're not like that, like I think a lot of people that say that it's like that's the only way to do it. Like, if you're someone that likes being an employee, shoot, man, do your thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Uh, but for me, like, I just, I just went for it and then eventually it, it, it actually paid off. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of how it all, it all happened. It was, it was luck to a certain extent for sure um but also being prepared you know if i didn't have the back catalog of videos if i didn't have the experience making the videos i think people would have seen that video and not subscribed. because like how many viral videos do you see that aren't from like a person that makes youtube videos you know i mean it's a normal thing especially back then you know six years ago it was definitely a lot more popular um and so yeah that's kind of how that all happened oh okay
2: all right yeah because i just wanted to know how like how, how the takeoff was because I was on yeah. snaps, and I see <laughs> that and I'm like, oh, it's my boy. And, you know, they yeah, got you on yeah. the berg, and you know, they just kind of you know documented your whole journey. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's legit, like a super. <laughs> you're everywhere. Like <laughs> if I pick up, do something, you're everywhere, bro. So I'm like, <laughs> how do I get to that level, man? Because this dude is everywhere. I'm. It's 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 just amazing, man. Because like I said, I, I you and I have spoke um you know off camera about this like you know i'm at the tail end of my police career and you know i'm doing this media stuff and i'm looking to kind of like branch off and and do something that i enjoy post police career so and you know you i I always you know i always tell you know our listeners um you know you keep good people around you man and um you've always been very positive especially when you and i have have, have spoken because we've we spoke about several things, man, like, you know, societal issues that are going on right now with the whole um, current climate in the United States, man. And um, like you and I have, I, have gotten pretty close and um, you know, you've um, always given me some great insight, man. So I just wanted, I want to thank you for that, for being, um, you know, super positive, super insightful and and humble, man, because like, <laughs> you know, when we had the conversation about, you know, the whole like, you know, this, when you, you went to like that Black Lives Matters, um mm-hmm. rally whatever and, and you know you kind of like pick my brain about it and I'm like yeah dude go ahead man like just I just want you to be careful you know because mm-hmm. you were, you were in essence looking for like answers you know what I mean because you know you want to support a movement you want to y- y- you know you want to be for the people um but you didn't have much experience or you weren't as well versed as you probably thought you wanted to be mm-hmm. so so like you you know to reach out to me and have a conversation I think that's. That's humbling in itself man and, and, and that shows a lot about your character you know so mm-hmm. i just want to you know thank you for being a, a like a positive outlet for me and also being like a humble human being
3: thanks man appreciate it
2: <laughs> anytime bro anytime man
1: <laughs> yeah J- J- when jay brought up the snapchat thing and uh you know when i emailed you and said Do you want to come on the show you're like sure and then i oh like within like five days i texted jay i'm like dude like i just saw the whole snapchat uh it's just funny how it just <laughs> popped up like literally right when i emailed you it was like yep. either they knew or it's just a coincidence but i saw that whole thing and again what jay said um that mindset of uh i guess i guess this is more not really a personal question but when you started dropping the weight john did your whole life around you change your perception your views on a lot of things not just in the weight loss world, in everyday world?
3: um, I would say, I mean, not necessarily. Because I guess I confidence,
1: like, confidence more, I'm asking for. Confidence yeah. within your, yourself, your job, you're doing the podcast, doing the YouTube, maybe mm-hmm. talking to other people relationship-wise and things like that.
3: Yeah, for me, like I definitely became more, I don't even want to say like confident, but I started to believe in myself more you know, like, because the first thing, and I, I've talked about this before, the first thing that really gave me any sort of confidence was learning to play drums. Like that was, I was the the fat drummer, right? That was who I was in high school. That was literally, that was my, that's who I was. I still play drums on my electronic drum set right over there. Um, but I play for my church and stuff, but, uh, like, so that was the first thing that kind of gave me some confidence because again, like I, I grew up, I skateboarded all the time. Like that was, that was my first love. I was always really bad, <laughs> like really bad at it. I was not good. Um, I, could, I can skate, like I'm proficient at getting places. But like if you asked me to do a kickflip, I'm like, nah, I can't do it. And I nope. skated my whole life and I literally <laughs> could never do a kickflip and i think a big part of it was because one i was big and it was hard and then two i was scared i was i'm just i'm a scaredy cat um and and so like that was something like i really wanted to be good at it and it didn't happen and then football was the same thing right i really wanted to be good at it and it wasn't even that it didn't happen because i was good at it when i played flag football but i i gave up on it right and then drums was the first thing that made me realize okay if you put your mind to something you can actually do it um and then i kind of almost put that same energy into losing weight. Like I get very, cause I have, I have ADD. And so I get very focused on one thing and it becomes everything for me. And then like a lot of times it's not good. Cause I'll be very focused. I'm like, I want to do this thing. And then all of a sudden it's a month later. I'm like, yeah, I don't care anymore. But like, luckily for me, weight loss was like, I was focused on it and it continued. Right. And then, so for me, it gave me, it gave me so much confidence because for me, like I was really lucky that when I said I wanted to lose weight, everyone in my life was excited, right? It wasn't anyone being like, you don't need to, or you're fine where you are. It was like people like, yeah, we agree, you know, not because they were being mean, but it was like, they wanted to keep me around. And so I, I just remember being like, cause again, it was like the biggest, it was the biggest thing in my life that like I, I wanted to fix. And so the fact that I was able to do that, um, gave me definitely gave me a lot of confidence and being like okay you are capable of xyz thing you know
2: so my uh my question is um and it, i wanted to build up to get to it is, like you said you lost uh a you know a reasonable amount of weight right and then you have this like residual skin right mm-hmm. um you know that that is tough to deal with only because um you know, it's a byproduct of, of of the weight loss obviously right you lose x amount of weight and it becomes the byproduct of of the um you know the weight loss so you have this excess skin right mm-hmm. and so i'm on i'm on snapchat and i see this right and i'm like yeah you know because this is this is how i know you i know you're from via social media but you know, during this snapchat thing it said that you opted not to have the surgery mm-hmm. the remove the skin can you just walk us through why you opted not to have the surgery yeah and why went that route
3: yeah so this is i mean this is a question i get literally every day right Mm -hmm. especially if i post a picture of my body with my loose skin um and like i understand it because i think in like people expect you to get the surgery especially because uh like if you think about like all these tv shows we used to watch growing up of like uh extreme weight loss and stuff they would always do like the after after they had gotten loose skin surgery and they looked quote unquote normal right Mm -hmm. um and so for me i think like Honestly, the reason I've decided to not get it because one, I think a lot of people think it's just like snip, step, and you're good to go, but it's like a major, major surgery. And it's like there yeah. are a lot of complications that can happen. So it's not like just super simple and then you're good to go. So that was that was that's one thing. And the other thing is, I mean, it is very expensive. Now I have been offered like surgeons have like messaged me on Instagram, like, hey, you know, if you shout us out and stuff, we'll give you the surgery for free, blah, blah, blah. I'm not interested in doing that, but like, um, the, I don't, I don't, if I were to ever get it, I think I would want to pay for it. I don't think I'd want someone to do it because they want to shout out on like Instagram or whatever. I don't know. It's just, that's not something I'm interested in doing. Um, I like that. Yeah. And so, and then the, the other thing is like the, the recovery afterwards is super intense. Like it's, it's no joke. Um, Mm -hmm. and then on top of that, uh, Like I have a lot of friends that have gotten it, but, and this is no shade at them, but like, it's not like you get the surgery and then you look quote unquote, like normal. You still have scars. A lot of like times, like, like your nipples aren't straight or like, it's, it's not like someone would see you with your shirt off and be like, Oh, that's just a normal dude. Like they would notice there was something had is going on. Right. And so for me, it's like, well, people notice that when I take my shirt off now. And so do I really want to go through all of that? to for people to still be able to notice it and yeah. like so the reason but also i don't deal with any pain or anything like that because of my loose skin so there literally are people that deal with like serious pain uh rashes um like infections and stuff like that i don't have any of that stuff yeah. um and i don't it doesn't like psychologically make me like depressed or anything like that which is a very st- common thing that happens with a lot of people and like again any any reason is a good enough reason even if you literally just don't like how it looks do your thing like I, i'm not whenever i talk about this people think i'm like on some high horse saying like i'm better than people that have gotten it i don't care like if you want to get the surgery do
2: your I'll thing get the, you, you've you named some legit reasons why you don't want the surgery and like you said it's a it's a legit surgery there could be some complications and side effects and you know why why, why risk that when you know you enjoy who you are, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're comfortable in yourself, and I, you know I commented on on a, on a photo that you had put up. I was like, "Yeah, hey, dude, just you know, I, I always say I have scars on my body from the things that I've been through in my life, right? And mm-hmm. I would never change anything that I have on me because um, it reminds me of what I've been through and and where I've been. Mm-hmm. So I, it, you know, it definitely resonates when you when you say, you know, hey, I, you know, I don't have any physical discomfort from this, so why even, you know? mess it up i mean you're comfortable with who you are you're comfortable in your quote-unquote skin so why not so mm. i mean i applaud you bro because i always say rock out i mean if you if you feel comfortable in, you know in your skin why not man i mean most people for for the look for like an aesthetic look to go through that long process and potentially risk like maybe not coming back 100 percent, the risk versus reward is just is just way too much yeah. so you know I, and and i know that's probably a question that you get a lot but i you know i figured you know our listeners would want to definitely hear why you know you opted to go that route and it's a very commendable you know trait that you have because like you said somebody offered you had a certain office like hey you know you know we'll do it for free if you shout us out and you were like nah i'm good you know if i ever did that i want to pay for it that shows that you're a man of high moral regard and integrity mm-hmm. so i mean that's that speaks like i said it speaks volumes man i i, I always talk highly about you I'm, you're probably tired of, of me talking about you such, <laughs> you know it's just how i feel you know bro
3: no i appreciate it man i always take compliments you know,
2: <laughs> I mean, man, you know uh, this is what i'm here for, I'm here for yeah that. yeah
1: <laughs> i just think it's incredible john that um the, the the amount of positivity and you know humble you want to talk about humble this is the definition you know this is <laughs> Some and you really got to look at it like this, man. That some people it takes them their whole lifetime and years and years and years to feel comfortable with and with who they are. Mm-hmm. And you know, at such a young age, to be able to, you know, say what you just said, you know, and w- with being frank, being honest, it um, mm-hmm. it it uh, it shows a lot of character, man. And you know, going through like an addiction battle, you know, and substance abuse, you know, there's a there's a root problem, man. People aren't comfortable. And they're escaping reality you know they're they're escaping really what issue they're going through deep deep down in the labyrinth um it could be trauma you know it could be depression it could be anxiety and they're not living in the reality but uh you you're living in the reality man and i'm really glad we were able to you know talk to you and you know really hear your story on who you are and how far you came and i i'm okay with being okay like this you know and that's so important for people to hear us that you don't have to be you know you were just making these videos because you want to help other people out mm-hmm. and then it just blew up like you said you you're okay with who you are and i think a lot of people need to, to hear that in life and on social media you know on egogram on instagram they don't post this shit they don't post this stuff they post all you know a glimpse a of the light real- that exactly you know what i mean so it's like you are a perfect example of it, you know, 20, it's okay to be, it's okay to, to, to be you and who you are. You don't have to fake it to, to, you know, try, you know, you know, fake it, to make it, but you don't have mm-hmm. to lie to yourself, you know, and right there, man, by you not lying to yourself, it's going to, is, it's, it's going to help. It just helps. I can already, your future is going to be amazing, man. And, and, um, you know, I really, really thanks for, uh, you know, what you shared so far has been epic you know
3: no problem thanks for having me guys i appreciate it so we
1: doing a, we
2: down with the questions frankie
1: uh yeah i just have a question for john real quick though because um i just want to hit john's talk uh touch on alcohol man and like growing mm-hmm. up in an addiction household have you ever battled with alcohol or still use alcohol today or kind of your take on it or ever ever um battle with any type of substances like that if you're comfortable talking about that
3: oh no no yeah i'm totally fine so For me, I've actually always been kind of uh, nervous to ever really drink or do any substances. So I I've only ever been drunk, I think, twice, maybe three times. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Um, But I mean, I haven't drank in a really, really, really long time. I was never a huge fan of it. Uh, For me, I was like, I'm. I still and like, no. This is no hate to people that like alcohol, but like, when people say they like how it tastes, I just feel I'm like, I don't believe you. (laughs) Um, because like, I've, I've never had anything that I was like, wow, this is delicious. Like people like, oh, you should have a mixed drink. And I'm like, yeah, I've had them. And I'm always thinking to myself, man, this would taste better if there's no alcohol in it. Um, and so I've, I've luckily I've never dealt with that stuff. And I think part of it is because of where I, the, the house that I came from and knowing how much it did to my family definitely scared me to really ever, uh, jump into any of that stuff. And then, I think for me, because of food was my crutch, um, I just never ended up touching any of that stuff because it just it wasn't necessary. I guess you know I had my addiction, and I I don't I I probably felt like I just didn't need to add anything else to that.
2: Gotcha.
1: Makes Amen, sense. man. Yeah, Makes it's a uh, it's a a blessing, man, to come out on that side and, and not use a scapegoat to feel oh why me poor me pour me another drink. And it's it's funny about the the taste, you know, I've had a few non-alcoholic beers and I had the Heineken zero and it tastes just like a Heineken. And I'm like, you know, sometimes, you know, I've had it a few times this summer. I'm like, why am I even having, why am I even having this beer? You know, it's like, (laughs) what's the point, you know, catch yourself trying to, trying to fit in, like trying to feel not awkward. But then, you know, I even have to catch myself. Like, you know, Frank, you're coming out of your sober, like you don't have to, you know, you're fine with the club soda and stuff, so. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, bringing that up, John. Thank you.
3: Uh, yeah, of course, man. No problem.
1: So we always wrap up with a few questions just for the listeners to get to know you a little more. Uh, so we'll start with uh, what comes to your mind, a favorite movie or two movies?
3: Oh, man. My, f- my favorite movie is probably Step Brothers. <laughs> um, I can I can quote that almost like that whole movie. Um, and then, man, second movie, I honestly, there's too many. I like like the, you know, the Marvel films and stuff like that. You know, some people won't call yeah. those real movies, but you know, whatever. Fine. Oh, <laughs> oh there. We- <laughs>
2: if you are Marvel superhero hero. Who would you be? Who would you want to be? Um.
3: Well, everyone. Everyone constantly says I look like Spider Man, the uh, Tom Holland. Oh. Especially, but this was before oh. I had the had the luscious beard that I have now. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, if I could choose, I'd probably choose Thor. I I really like Thor a lot. Thor. Yeah.
2: Okay. I like that.
1: Thor's hammer. We got to get you that. You got to do you have a hammer man you can uh post on your your page or something? I need
3: to get Mjolnir like hanging right there. Yeah, I'll
1: take that. Do you you watch The Boys on Amazon?
3: Um, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I saw that.
1: Okay, yeah, because that new season is coming out on Friday, so I was just catching up on that. That was funny stuff.
3: That's that's a good that's a good show, man.
1: Uh. I know you're a big drummer so this we always ask like what kind of music you listen to or a PR song if you're going in the gym and want to have a really good gym session but I'm kind of interested on who's your favorite Who's your favorite drummer and why Um, If you have one
3: Yeah, so my favorite drummers are actually like gospel musicians so um, Like Eric Moore, Tony Royster Jr. um, And then going back uh, Dennis Chamberlain was actually like he he was like kind of before them and I think I think for a lot of them they they say he's their their inspiration also aaron spears but then if we talk about like i don't actually even really drum like that i i throw in a little bit of gospel stuff when i'm playing but i actually play more like um aaron gillespie who used to play for Underoath, um yeah. like travis travis barker stuff Maybe. um yeah things like that so it's kind of like a lot of pop punk and like alternative influences and then also um a lot of like gospel drummers that i like like to watch for their like chops and their uh finesse and stuff
1: like it. Jay, All right, cool. Jay, Jay we've been getting a lot of gospel music lately, man. A lot of a lot of good re- you're this is like the third person in a row, or or at least three out of four.
3: Gospel musicians of- are unbelievably talented. Like yeah. unbelievably talented. And the drummers, especially, obviously that's what I've seen. It's it's ridiculous, man. You'll see a yeah. six year old just crushing it.
1: Just get after it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever see Machine Gun Kelly play the drums? What do you think about him?
3: I've never seen him play the drums.
1: Oh really? Yeah, he he's uh I, I, well i love him as an artist and a rapper and just a singer but him he was in uh the netflix uh movie called, uh with motley crew and he uh
3: really oh, I and, didn't yeah, know that.
1: a great movie and uh he uh the dirt it's called on netflix but um yeah he paid uh tommy lee but uh in a lot of his newer music that he's kind of like he kind of went like uh yeah, he's like doing the pop rock. punk
3: and stuff like that right now right, right? yeah he yeah. plays the
1: drums a lot so and he he oh, can really cool. uh Spin those sticks. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, that's cool. One meal to eat for the rest of your life every day, man. And it and it doesn't have to be healthy.
3: Oh, it's going gonna with. be it's gonna be stir fry for me. Stir I fry? Eat, I eat stir fry almost every day. Yeah. Okay. I think stir fry it. is good, man. Because again, you didn't say type of stir fry, so I could add whatever I want I'll, to it. So, I was just you about know to say, say what kind
1: of protein you put <laughs> in there.
3: I usually put chicken yeah, yeah, yeah. just because it's easy. I'm dude, I'm lazy, man, with cooking. I'm lazy. So I, I use pre-cooked chicken, frozen veggies, rice. It's so simple, man. And it, it you can you can make it taste so different with the different sauces you use. So I would go stir fry for sure.
2: Easy peasy. I
1: like
3: it. Tons of veggies. It's good.
1: Keeping it simple. One one person to meet, dead or alive, to hang out with. Who are you chilling with, John?
3: Probably The Rock.
2: The Rock. All right. Probably The
3: Rock. I, I mean, I, I can't <laughs> help it, man. He's too charismatic.
2: Yeah, nah, he's, he's legit. He's like one of my favorite entertainers. Yeah. Um, it's like Greg's the richest story, you know, yeah. and he's, a, he's an extremely hard worker, too. hmm So, let me ask yeah. a question. I, I got a question. I need to throw a little, you know, a little bit of my A little, little change up? Throw a little change yeah. up in there, Jay? Hit him. Yeah. Uh, favorite sneaker?
3: Oh, snap.
2: You know I gotta bring it there, brother. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, dang man, I I wish I was more of a sneakerhead, but I for me it's probably just like the classic authentic Van. Um, okay. Because growing up, that's what I wore. You know, I'm from SoCal, so like that's what I wore growing up. For a while, it was hard to get my foot inside of them, but um, <laughs> now I'm definitely I'm definitely a Vans guy. <laughs> oh, like I have I probably have seven pairs of Vans. You know, from like the skate highs to the slip-ons to the authentics um yeah i'm a i'm a vans guy for sure
2: i'm a vans guy myself so i can respect that i got some vans that's like my summer it's like my summer shoe you know what i mean yeah
3: i try i try hard to wear like the 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 jordans and stuff like that they're like high tops but man i just always feel like i look weird in them i feel <laughs> like cuz i'm i'm short and stubby man like i'm like i'm not i don't got like long legs or anything so i feel like when i put them on it makes me look shorter and stubbier so Got
2: gotcha. you. So Van Lowe's, I think you're probably gonna
3: yeah, rock it. Yeah, usually I've been I've been messing around with the high tops recently. It's definitely yeah, not my it's not my normal go to. Like I have to like be like, okay, come on, we're gonna wear the high tops today, bro. You can do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I I, I got a few highs. I will bring them out every now and again. Mm-hmm. Frankie, what you got?
1: John, John, Johnny Vans, how you doing? <laughs> um, so your favorite. Uh, com- your favorite compound movement, and then if you had to superset that in the gym with another like accessory for the rest of your life, and your recovery's fine, what are you going with?
3: Oh, favorite compound? Can it be an Olympic lift? Hell yeah! Oh yeah! All right. Oh yeah! So, so it's going to be power snatch. Ooh! Um, power snatch is my favorite, and then accessory movement would probably be, um, hmm, probably like you know some bicep curls, you know, bicep, for bicep curls for the girls
1: curls for the girls. just about mm-hmm. to say that there you go yep. <laughs> what's your what's question your- oh, go ahead Jay
3: my my highest my highest ever snatch is 212 okay no no no, cool. no 217 I want to yeah. get that 225 I've been dealing with some like little back injuries and stuff like that so we're finally okay. getting back to being healthy so I haven't been able to chase it in a while but that yeah my highest is 217 gotcha
2: that's respectable I'll take it Clean. huh What's your uh? What's your heaviest clean?
3: Oh man, my clean is not great. Like two sixty-five, I think, um, okay. and I'm pretty sure that's power because man, my my front rack mobility is tr- absolute trash, and so are yeah. my ankles. So it's not good.
2: <laughs> you don't have that front rack mobility, it's
3: like dude, it's not. It's yeah, it's not good. It's it like I I definitely have more in the tank, but I just get in my head and getting getting under it fast enough. I just yeah, that's yeah, an got issue it. for me for sure. Right.
1: I heard. The, those are some com- those are some complex movements though, you know? Yeah. So two sixty five is definitely not, not bad, man. Some people look at it and are afraid to even try it because of, you know, people. Oh make dude, it like I Jay was will, terrified, Jay, man. I was terrified to
3: start ma- cleans or snatches. I was so scared. Yeah. Jay
1: makes it Jay makes it look easy, you know, on Jay on moves YouTube, well on, though on Instagram, yeah. But when people try it for the first time, like man. what the hell is this? you know?
2: Yeah. I, I am old and washed up now, bro. So <laughs> I just get on the bike erg now and I and, and you know, I do a lot of body weight stuff. If I'm Dude, lifting, trust,
3: that's where I'm at right now, trust me, it's like I'll be doing like bike and then push ups and pull ups. That's pretty much what I've been doing recently. Yeah. My bike.
2: Know, the bread and butter is right now, mm-hmm. you know.
1: So John, you, you come to New York, you're hanging out with me and Jay. We take out we, we take off this giant towel time machine. Anywhere you wanna go, man. It could be oh. 20 years ago. It could be 200 years ago. Of who you are right now, of present John, that was it, September 4th? Or September 3rd, 2020. September. 1230 Eastern Time, 930 Western Time. Where are you going?
3: Oh, man. Uh, shoot. Uh, I've always said, because I've, I've, I've been asked this question before, and I've always said, like, I think it would be cool to go to, like, the 20s. I don't know why the 20s, but for some reason, I think, like, I think it would be funny. And I I understand that that's, like, a white dude that's saying that because it probably wouldn't be funny. (laughs) (laughs) You understand?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was the 20s, bro.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, But the, the sad, like, let's be real, the sad thing is, is pretty much anywhere in the past, if you go past, like, the... 70s isn't gonna be very fun for anyone that's like not white which kind of sucks but yeah um but yeah i think i don't know the 20s i think it's just because movies and stuff have made it out to be like the you know the golden age when like guys wore like uh suits and they like brush their hair back and they uh, yeah. slicked, you know what i mean i don't know I, that's like the the thing that comes to mind but i think like for me it's hard to answer because i mean I i love what i'm doing now man i love my smartphone so <laughs> i don't want to really? leave it
1: <laughs> No, you bring you if you, you bring that with you, then you'll be Oh, set. I can bring it. Oh, okay. You'd have to hide that because then people will be like, oh, you know, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Change, change oh. the world, Johnny. Uh and there we go, man. We we just wrapped it up. Uh again, my name is Frank. You can find me, uh you guys know where to find me. Reps underscore four underscore responders. John, uh thank you, man. Seriously. Yeah, no uh, problem. This was a great. Uh, just a great story and a great mindset to hear, um, from someone who, and I'm not saying this in the coming off mean, but someone who struggled and taking their struggles to become so powerful so confident. And so not only willing to change your life, but thousands of people around the world. So I just want to thank you for that. And I uh, throw it over to my man, Jay. Yeah.
2: Uh, jump man, Jay. I got my, I got my Instagram back. So I'm the real jump man, Jay. Um. <laughs> Uh, John helped me out a lot during that whole uh, process when I got hacked, <laughs> needed, and and uh, and I'm back at it. So that's where you can find me. And John, where can they find you?
3: Yeah, it's just obese to beast. So O B E S E T O B E A S T. If you type in obese, it'll probably pop up on Instagram. And then yeah, same got- thing with like YouTube always
2: stuff. Up. He's very <laughs> he's got that blue check, so he's got. The, go.
3: I got the blue check. You know, I don't have it on Twitter yet. I don't think that happened. That's fine.
1: <laughs> a lot of. Johnny Vans, Johnny Blue checks We can go all day with that. Yeah, there uh, we go. <laughs> and, and you have your own podcast as well, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's called Work for Change. Uh, if you search it on like the iTunes Store or whatever, or if you Spotify, it's it's pretty much anywhere that you get podcasts. Work for Change. I do it with yeah, my
2: brother. Good Apple Podcast too. I think he's sitting at like fifty-one or something like that, right? Uh,
3: we were actually thirty-seventh this week, so we we're going
2: Ooh, up. Wow. see yeah. uh, I got to keep checking these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you just have on yeah like the buttery bros, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was, yeah. I wasn't on that one cuz John was actually in Utah and he was able to do it in person, which was cool. Uh, um but we we've, a- we've had them on before in the past and so that they were a second time guest.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm going to tune in and listen to those guys. Yeah. Listen All That's right, awesome. man. Yeah. I want to listen to that
1: too. Thank you, man.
3: Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me, you guys.
2: Anytime,
1: brother. All right. Of course. Have a good week, man. A good weekend. Yeah. Stay safe, all right? Yeah, you too. Enjoy, all bro. Right.
3: All right, peace out. Later.